0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled dot lcom slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply.
1: And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Benched with Bubba. This is episode 49. And tonight, it's going to be a fun podcast. Uh, get some fancy football talk in, and we're going to talk some IDP. Uh, strategy, which you know we've never done on this podcast, and there's a few out there, but not a ton. So uh, we'll get into it. We have a, a member of 444football.com. You can find him on Twitter at Mike underscore Wallard. Mike, how are you doing tonight?
2: I'm doing awesome. Really, uh, Really glad to be a part of this. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it.
1: No, no problem at all. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you were able to make it on here. It's gonna be a fun deal. It's fun for me. It's fun for uh, talking IDP. I'm looking forward to this. Um, how long have you been covering uh, the IDP stuff?
2: Uh, I I got started in 07. Was uh, when I joined my first league, and then uh, right around right around 2009, I started doing some writing, and uh, I've been I've been doing IDP basically ever since then.
1: Nice, nice, yeah. And, um, I love like what you're doing this past week, and I know you do it a lot. But um, if people don't know, follow him on Twitter again, at Mike underscore um, he, He's tweeting out everything about the games, about the defensive players, snaps, kind of different things. Really gets you on uh, ready for what's going on there. But um, let's get into some strategy. Let's just get right to it. Doing your drafts. We'll start with the standard draft first. When do you start approaching IDP players?
2: Um, I, I guess it really all depends on what your, what your league does, uh, your league's tendencies. Um, me, what I like to do, no matter if it's, if it's a standard league or a PPR league, I like to get my core offense uh, established first. So I want at least, you know, for example, this one draft that I'm doing, I've got, uh, I've got a couple of running backs. Uh, I've got three or four wide receivers. I've got a tight end. And then I went for my first IDP uh, in the seventh round. Um, and I drafted, you know, I target, usually target a linebacker just because I want my, I want a top, you know, 110, 120, 130 tackle guy. I want that guy targeted. So, like, for example, my first IDP off the board in the seventh round was Navarro Bowman. Um, basically targeting him because he's coming back from injury. If you're at a league where a lot of people might scroll and look at last year's points, he's not going to show up. And I think he's a really good injury bounce back. So he was my first IDP that I targeted. So, right around seventh, eighth round is is where I feel comfortable pulling the trigger. And again, I'm targeting, uh, you know, a, a high end uh, linebacker. So, again, really all depends on your scoring and how you're, you know, take a look at your league tendencies from
1: year to year. Okay, so then to the next question, a PPR format pretty much be the same strategy based on scoring and everything. Usually you're going to be taking a guy, say, around seven or eight overall in most drafts, then?
2: Yeah, for the most part, yeah. I mean, if if you're scoring, if you find your scoring to be really heavy IDP related, you know, focused, you might want to go a little earlier. Um, But yeah, I mean, I want my offensive guys first uh, before I target an IDP. I mean, the defenders, especially the linebacker position, is pretty deep. but I, I'd like my offense first.
1: No, that makes sense. It makes sense, especially like you said, if if you're in certain drafts and you kind of – it's like any sport when you're doing fantasy drafts. Sometimes you just have to go with the flow and get your guys. And if everyone's taking offensive players and you start taking IDP guys, well, sure, it's nice, but you're going to be in the hole elsewhere most likely. So sure.
2: makes a lot of and, sense. Yeah, and if people are grabbing linebackers or defensive ends and you can get a really – high upside offensive guy, then I'm going to do that all day.
1: So for for some that haven't played IDP before or are still new at it, based on your philosophy of taking them later, even what you just said right there, if guys are taking defense early, I'm taking offense. Mm -hmm. You're you're targeting the offensive guys because they're going to score a lot more or just because there's a deeper defensive pool?
2: There's a deeper defensive pool um as far as i can tell if you know running backs are going you know there's not a whole lot of running backs that are going to get the ball a lot of times there's not you know there's only so many wide receivers that are going to get 100 targets there's only so many receivers that are going to get 90 targets but there's quite a few defensive backs there's a lot of defensive ends there's a lot of linebackers so the pool for idps is a little bit deeper than you're going to get with uh with your offensive guys and that's typically why i'm taking my my offensive guys first because that shallow you know that pool gets shallow really really quick
1: no that's that's very good good info there um now when we're talking the idp players you've mentioned linebackers targeting 120 30 plus tackles um what are some of the and, and obviously this will be scoring based yep. now say just a standard yep. what are some of the big statistics you're targeting apparently tackles is one but what else are you looking for well, yeah,
2: you're, for me, tackles are are some of the more predictive stats, uh, especially for linebackers and defensive backs. So, but what I'm doing is not necessarily the stats. I'm also looking at snaps. So I'm targeting guys that I know are going to be on the field for at least nine, at the very least, ninety percent of the defensive snaps. So I'm targeting the guys that are getting all of the subpackage snaps. They're getting those nickel snaps. They're getting those dime snaps. A lot of defenses now are not necessarily running their base defense all the time. They're running a lot of nickels, so they have a lot of guys that are, you know, they've got five, six defensive backs, but they're taking one or two linebackers off the field. So I'm targeting the guys that are getting at least 90% of the snaps from the linebacker position. And I'm also looking at uh, tackle rate. So their tackles divided by the snaps played. So I'm targeting guys with at least, um, especially my uh, first linebacker, I want a linebacker that has at least a 12% tackle rate. Uh, per thousand snaps so they're getting the 120 tackles so looking at the snaps and i'm looking at the tackle rates um for defensive line i'm looking at pressure rate just because the pressure rate is pretty indicative on their ability to get to the quarterback um there's a lot of rotations at the defensive line so if they're playing at least 60 to 65 percent of the snaps i think you're going to be okay Uh, in terms of the defensive back position again i'm targeting tackles um a lot of times, I'm going to stream that position because the defensive back position, there's just so much variance with the position. Um, you can draft guys that are going to ha- that have high upside late, and there's always someone that's going to emerge on the waiver wire. But again, I'm targeting tackles for defensive backs, targeting safeties, especially strong safeties first, um, and again, the the safeties that are going to be playing at least 90% of the snaps.
1: No, that makes a lot of sense. And that's going to be my next question. I'm assuming you want strong safeties in the secondary because they're yep. they're going to be a ball hawk at the same time they're going to be attacking the run game. They're going to be that guy if it gets past the linebackers, things of that nature that will help yep. you get those tackles you're looking for. So that makes yep. a lot of sense there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, when you're factoring in your players, you mentioned the percentage of snaps, the pressure rate, mm-hmm. the tackle rates, mm-hmm. very good things. How much of that – this is – a pretty common sense thing, to my opinion. But can you explain it? How deep do you look into the defensive schemes, like the coordinators? You already mentioned the nickel the guy that played nickels more than others, stuff like that. How in depth do you get into this when you're picking your players?
2: Um, I, I tried to target defenses with a base four three. Um, but I mean, base defenses right now are are very rare anyway. There, you know, a lot of teams are running. You know their base defense, maybe 40 to 45 percent of the time, and they're running sub packages or they're running some sort of hybrid. But I like the 4-3 uh, middle linebackers, uh, 3-4 inside linebackers. Um, those guys are going to get to the ball, and uh, so those are typically the positions that you know I'm targeting. Three on the 3-4 side, I tend to stay away from defensive ends, but obviously you have some, uh, you know, you have some exceptions. J.J. Watt is obviously the big exception. Um, you know, he's, he can play on my team, no matter where he, he can go anywhere. He can have any position designation he wants. He's just one of those anomalies that are just going to dominate. But for the most part, a three, four defensive end or defensive tackle are the positions that I'm kind of staying away from, uh, if I'm in a deeper league, you know, and I need to round out my roster, maybe someone, you know, that I know may have some high sack upside, but typically the three, four, I'm tackling there I'm going for the inside linebacker. For three, I'm going for a middle linebacker or a weak side linebacker. Uh, the strong side are tending to take out more blockers. They're facing tight ends, so their ability to get to the ball carrier is is impeded a little bit more than uh, than a middle or a weak side linebacker.
1: Okay. and that's why I asked the questions. You just broke it down a lot more than just a simple <laughs> three, four, four. Three. That was perfect. Like <laughs> even the even the concept of strong side, it makes sense. You know, one of the better players in the league is going to get double teamed all the time. Opens up the weak side to at least get around and try to make a play. Um, yep. A lot of fact, a lot of factors involved there. Um, are there any teams that you just kind of have a, I'm not touching you or or do you say, well, they're going to give up a lot of points are their their office is going to score a lot. So now it opens up throwing for the secondary guys. Do you look at stuff like that?
2: Um, actually, no, not really. I know, uh, there's, there's articles about bad defenses and if they, if they make for good IDPs, if a defense is going to be, you know, most defenses are going to play about 65 to 70 snaps. So that's typically about average. It's very rare where any defense is going to be on the field for 80 to 90 snaps, unless the game goes into overtime. So there's not really a defense that I will typically stay away from. What I look for is rotations, especially at the linebacker position. Is there, you, you know, is there many linebackers that are coming in and out? Like for example um, you'll see uh, on my timeline, a lot of uh, my fellow ID peers, we talked about the New England Patriots. And typically that's going to be a situation that we may stay away from because there's three or four guys that can all play anywhere between 600 to 700 snaps, which may make up anywhere between 60 to 70% of the total. And that's, just not a situation that you want to find yourself in so I mean if a guy's only going to play 40 to 50 percent of the snaps 50 percent of the time your guy's going to be off the field you're leaving points on the field so that's a typically a situation that I will stay away from if I see that there's heavy rotations not necessarily the defense uh itself
1: Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. So, so people that don't play IDP, the Patriots are a, a pain in the rear when it comes to their offensive players. Now it's good to know. Same on the defensive side of things.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Bill Belichick. And, uh, yeah. Exactly. He he's also doing it to the defensive side. Um, I know the Colts situation is one that's kind of iffy. There's a lot of ups. Or there's a lot of iffy uh, linebackers there. Not necessarily know who's going to play. Um, And New Orleans also has a pretty muddled linebacker situation as well. So it's kind of something you kind of got to check out and, you know, you monitor the training camp reports. I know the third preseason game is coming up. That's usually a a good indication of of probably what's going to happen during the regular season.
1: Well, we talked strategy. We we talked positions there. Let's get into some of the players at these positions. We'll start at the D-line. What are some of the main defensive line players you're looking to build around this year?
2: Well, there are some guys that now find themselves in in some advantageous positions because um, their teams made defensive scheme switches. Uh, One, the Cleveland Browns, and uh, one of the guys I really like for the Browns who had a pretty good year last year uh, is Emmanuel Ogba. Um, He's switching from a 3-4 outside linebacker to a 4-3 defensive end, so he is going from a lesser value IDP designation at linebacker to a more friendly position to, uh, to defensive line. So he's someone that I'm targeting um, as a second or third defensive line, had a really good year last year and uh, ha- registered six and a half sacks. And now this year he has uh, Miles Garrett playing alongside him. So he's going to get some attention as the first overall pick. Um, the defensive line is improved. I know Danny Shelton got hurt, but when he's in there, he plugs up some space and you've also got Jamie Collins and Christian Kirksey uh behind him, so I think Ogba is not going to see necessarily as many double teams, and I think uh, he's someone that uh, you can safely target, uh, someone that can get six to eight sacks this season.
1: Nice. Uh, what are some, like a sleeper or two that you're looking at that uh, that most people won't be paying attention to? I guess Agba could classify as one technically, but what's a, another one you're looking at?
2: Uh, the defensive line, Shaq Lawson from Buffalo. Uh, Jerry Hughes gets a lot of attention, but Shaq Lawson is another one of those that is going to uh, that should have a position switch from linebacker to defensive end. So playing alongside Jerry Hughes, he should also um, clean and not see as many double teams uh, with Hughes playing alongside him.
1: Now, now for people that play a lot of baseball fantasy, you usually have to play so many games to get eligible at a position. Will fantasy football a guy that played linebacker this year will he be eligible at defensive line on your leagues?
2: Uh, really depends on on your league settings, what you're playing, um, and how the and how the league site classifies him. Um, I know I play a lot on my fantasy league. I think he got the position switched to defensive end or defensive line. Some uh, league will will, will give him both. They'll give him both the defensive line and linebacker. So um, if he's got the defensive end or defensive line designation, then he's a definite target. Ecker, I then then you can stay away.
1: Okay. Speaking of linebackers, uh, what's, uh, you know, a guy or two that you're looking to build around at the linebacker position?
2: Um, obviously you want, you know, you got your top linebackers, Luke Keekly, those guys, but in terms of, of some names that, you know, might pop out, um, I like BJ Goodson from the giants. Um, he's been installed as the, uh, the middle linebacker. He is, uh, wearing the communication oh, as we say, the green dot. So, uh, yeah, he's he's the one communicating with the defensive coordinator. So as of right now, um, he's probably the one that's not going to be leaving the field. So B.J. Goodson is someone I'm targeting as a as a linebacker who definitely has some upside this season. Um, from Jacksonville, I like Miles Jack. He's uh, also been installed as the middle linebacker. He's also wearing the communication device, so he may be a little bit more popular um, and and more well known. Obviously, he was a higher draft pick, but he might be a little bit more known but he's uh he's gonna be taking the every down duties uh he and Talvin Smith uh, in Jacksonville so I look for him to have a pretty good year in his second year
1: now uh, real quick I, I know exactly what you're talking about with the green dot and everything but can you clear that up for people that might not know what you're meaning and why that's so significant on the defensive side of things
2: yeah when like the quarterback if you notice the quarterback has a, has a little green dot on the back of his helmet what that does that signifies that he has the communication between him and his offensive coordinator, the linebacker that's wearing the green dot or wearing that communication device, he's technically the quarterback of the defense. So he's the one that's calling the plays and working out the plays between him and the defensive coordinator. So essentially, any, for the most part, anybody who has that communication device is not going to leave the field because he is the quarterback. He's play calling for the defense. So for me, that's pretty significant.
1: Yeah, no, no, that's why I wanted to break it down, because basically he's going to be out there all the time, which is huge for what you need to do. And they're, they're going to base a lot of things around him, if you think about it in the grand scheme of things. So that's uh, very, very important. Um, looking at the defensive back position, what are some of the guys you're looking at there, maybe a sleeper or two as well?
2: Yeah, for defensive back, I like, um, I like Sean Davis uh, from the Pittsburgh Steelers, been installed as the strong safety. Uh, and I look for him to play in the majority of the snaps for for Pittsburgh, so uh, Sean Davis is a guy I am targeting, and I also like Micah Hyde from the Buffalo Bills. comes over from Green Bay. He is uh, looking to man the strong safety position in Buffalo, um, and with their the Buffalo's linebacker situation being kind of ugly, Preston Brown really being the only linebacker that I want, I think Micah Hyde has some upside for some big tackle numbers. Um, in recent history, the Buffalo Bill strong safety has put up some pretty good tackle numbers and, uh, and also you cannot, uh, you gotta love the fact that Buffalo, uh, their scores definitely hand out the tackles like they're Halloween candy. So, uh, you can just be in the vicinity of the play and you can get credit for either a solo or an assist. So, uh, those two guys I'm definitely targeting, uh, Sean Davis and Mike the Hyde.
1: Nice. Um, Let's talk rookies. Everybody loves rookies. Like on the oh, we got our rookie running backs we get to look forward to, and receivers, and all that good stuff. Yep. But when it comes to defense, people that actually pay attention to the draft, there's a lot of defensive players taken early in the draft, yep. um, and and they should have some kind of impact to start the season. Let's start real quick. We'll start at the D line, like we did this last time. What are like a D line rookie or two that you think might have an immediate impact, especially on a fantasy team? Well, the the
2: the big one is obviously going to be Miles Garrett. Um, I mean, the first-round pick uh, for Cleveland, he's going to be installed immediately as a defensive end. So um, he's he's going to be one of the main ones. But if you're getting down a little bit, um, I like Tech McKinley from the Falcons. He has a chance to, to make an immediate impact. Um, he's playing alongside uh, Adrian Claiborne. Uh, Vic Beasley is also going to get a lot of attention. So I think Tech McKinley has a chance to to really make a nice impact with the Atlanta defense. Definitely an improved defense uh, there. And I also like uh, Taco Charlton, if he can get some of the snaps uh, alongside the defensive line there in Dallas. I know they've struggled with uh, with sacks. Uh, David Irving is suspended, so I think Charlton has a chance to come in. And uh, and Derek Barnett, I think, is someone that is really making a name for himself immediately this preseason. Um, I've watched some of the, the game pass uh, replays and he just stands out as someone that I think is gonna be really, really hard to keep off the field. So I think he's someone you can draft for bench depth, maybe as your fourth or fifth defensive line if you're in in a deeper league. Um, If he goes undrafted, definitely keep him on your waiver wire watch. I think he's definitely someone that can also make an impact as a rookie.
1: Good to know, very good to know. Uh, What about the linebacker position?
2: You know, it was funny. This draft, there was a lot of guys that I really liked, but they ended up in really bad situations. So this year, there there weren't really that many that really stood out. Um, there were two um, that I am tar- that I would target actively, and that's Reuben Foster for the 49ers and Gerard Davis of the Lions. Um, Reuben Foster is going to be starting immediately alongside uh, Navarro Bowman. And as soon as Gerard Davis was drafted in Detroit, he was immediately named the starting middle linebacker. And I noticed they put the, you know, that green dot right on him right away. I noticed it this past week. So he's going to be on the field for all the snaps. And Tahir Whitehead was, I believe, the middle linebacker last year. And he had a career year uh, in tackle. So I look for kind of something similar for Draw Davis, manning that middle linebacker position. So those are definitely two that you can draft pretty, uh, pretty early right away. Um, one guy maybe to keep an eye on is going to be uh, Hassan Reddick uh from the from the arizona cardinals i know the dion buchanan and carlos Dansby are there they haven't been playing but uh hassan reddick can also uh have an immediate impact and maybe in deeper leagues i did notice that uh uh, markel lee got some starts with uh with the first team but he did come off in some packages so um he's going to be a good dynasty target maybe not necessarily have the value right away in
1: redraft interesting very interesting um when we're looking at defensive backs, those guys, you know, a lot of them from the SEC and, you know, Ohio State and everything. What are some of the defensive backs you're looking at in this draft, uh, in this, this season? I
2: really like Jabril Peppers in um, Cleveland. Got, uh, you know, he'll probably be installed as the strong safety, but he's the type of guy that's going to be playing everywhere. Uh, linebacker, free safety, ball hawk is going to be returning punts. So if you're getting yardage or, uh, you know, points for return yardage, He's going to be valuable, so he's going to be one of those guys that's going to be on the field for every snap, and he's going to be playing everywhere. Uh, so definitely upside with tackles in the big plays. I also love Jamal Adams. Um, I love the spot that he landed in over New York. Again, a really bad situation with linebacker. Um, you know, Darren Lee is there. You know, he's going to be all right. I think he's, you know, primed for a breakout. Demario Davis, he's okay, but I think Jamal Adams is someone that's going to have a, a pretty good year uh, with New York. I I do know as soon as he was drafted, uh, I think they pretty much got rid of every safety they had on their roster uh to to make room for, for Jamal Adams. And uh and Buda Baker of Arizona, I think he's someone that can also come in. Arizona plays a lot of safeties, so I think Buddha Baker also has a chance to uh play right away and uh have some uh play some meaningful snaps.
1: Very nice. Um we, we you know, late round you take your gambles. You already mentioned um you know, a couple guys that you might stash late. Are there any guys you don't see having starting roles at the moment that are worth keeping an eye on that should have an impact maybe in the second half of the season?
2: Yeah, you know, it's there's um, – in Oakland, There, I noticed there was uh, – uh, his name was Nicholas Morrow. He got some snaps uh, alongside Corey James. Um, he was playing the sub-packages while Markel Lee came off. So if he's someone that's going to be playing a lot, uh, you know, if you're in a deeper league – Keep the name Nicholas Morrow in your in the back of your mind. Um, Jayon Brown in Tennessee is someone that I've liked his play during the preseason. Um, struggles a little bit sometimes against the run, but he's really good in coverage. So if you can, you know, improve in the run game, Jayon Brown is someone to keep an eye on. Um, I didn't, and I also did mention the the Saints situation in terms of linebacker. I know they they announced maybe for their starters. So Alex Anzalone is someone that uh, that you can target late. Um, and, and A.J. Klein, I think, is also someone that you could possibly target late as uh, maybe a fifth or a sixth linebacker for bench depth.
1: Okay, one, one more question. You keep mentioning, um, you keep mentioning bench yep. depth when, um, you know, you always yep. take a backup quarterback, you have a couple running backs. How much depth are you looking for in your IDP? Because obviously it's roster relevant for what you have, but unlike your standard leagues you do, how many players at each position do you try and do accumulate?
2: For the defensive end and the defensive line, I will just draft what I need to start. So if it's two defensive ends or two defensive linemen, um, I'm pretty much just going to draft two defensive linemen, and I'm going to get my third to cover up for for bent, you know, for for that third defensive line that I need, you know, for bye weeks. Same thing with the defensive back position. If I'm starting two, I'll probably have three. If I'm starting three to four linebackers, I'm going to have at least three to four backup linebackers to cover for depth i i just draft linebackers i want to have all of them if i can so uh the linebacker position is is one that uh that i will fill up a little bit more and uh and go a little bit deeper um and i know and i know you didn't ask but also i I want to mention um it's not necessarily necessary to handcuff your defensive your idps so i know you talk about quarterback you know running back handcuffs you know drafting um you know Ezekiel Elliott and drafting his handcuff. You don't necessarily really need to do that with IDP. So if you draft someone like uh, you know Vance perfect, it's not really necessary to draft a, a handcuff because for the most part there may not be a specific handcuff. So if someone goes down or suspended or or goes down with injury, you know it may not be technically his backup on the bench on the on the depth chart. He may they you know someone from another spot might come in and fill in. So. Uh, when it comes to handcuffs, I usually don't draft handcuffs, and I just draft a guy, and if something happens, monitor the news throughout the week and then go for the waiver wire.
1: That is very, very good info right there because I know I would have thought, okay, yeah, take this guy because he's going to fill in here. You know, like like, Lee from Dallas always gets hurt. Let me take his backup. That makes a lot of sense right there. I didn't even think about it because, yeah, it is more of a scheme base and who can fill that spot, not just position by position. So. Makes a ton of sense. Well, oh, great. That was a lot of news or a lot of information <laughs> in a short period of time. That was outstanding. Um, did you want to plug anything you're working on right now at 4 for 4 or anything else?
2: Uh, yeah, you know, I've got all my, uh, my preseason contents up there. You know, you can find the rest of my breakouts at each position. The rookies to target uh, at the defensive positions. Um, out for edit right now and hopefully will be published within the next day. I have the projected 3 down linebackers and uh who will be wearing the communication device for each team. Uh and that is also something I update throughout the preseason as well as the entire season. So uh you know that's something that I always keep updated. Rankings are constantly updated so you know now is uh we're just ramping up and getting ready for the season.
1: Yeah. That's great. Again everybody check him out. He does his work at, like uh, like we said at 4 for 4 football. He's on Twitter at Mike underscore Wollert, W-O-E-L-L-E-R-T. Check him out. Give him a follow. Um, as you can tell by this, he's got a ton of great information. So there's going to be much more you can find out there. And he tweets it out. Check him out. And, Mike, again, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it.
2: Awesome. Appreciate you having me. And, uh, yeah, follow me. We'll talk some IDP. And, and, again, appreciate you having me. I had a blast. And yeah. any IDP questions, feel free to ask. Always open.
1: Yeah, yeah, hit them up, guys, and uh, maybe we'll, we'll talk something. I don't know what IDP we could do in the season, but we'll figure something out. Uh, really good information. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Okay, everybody, this is Bench with Bubba, episode 49, your fantasy football IDP talk. We'll catch you guys next time.